The following podcast contains subject matter that may be unsuitable for more sensible viewers. Views expressed here do not reflect that of any community that you would want to be a part of. Listener discretion is mandatory. Mama, what does chickens mean? No, 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 no! Welcome back to Tranifesto, um, the show where I don't know how to do this riff because Madeline always she's does not it. Here. She's not she here. She's um, on special assignment in uh, Bolivia, you know, uh, just kind of running running things down there until they get everything sorted out, until we get those uh, lithium contracts back up and running. So, you know. Oh my god, she's the, she's the interim president. Yeah, we just kind of threw a, blonde, we threw a blonde wig on her. She's just been... She doesn't even speak Spanish. She's been kind of like mumbling in uh, broken French <laughs> and no one's really noticed, but... Uh, just like commanding guards to shoot people down. Yeah, but you know, she's been she's been doing her uh, country's duty down there and we salute her for that. Madame interim presidente. We oui. The... Wait, why is there more sounds playing? Oh, sorry, that helped me think. What is it, Comrade Ranovich? There is an urgent matter. We must dis- Wait, Comrade? Is it about the plight of the average Bolivian? No. Is it about our vast technological wealth that we've kept hidden from the rest of the world, a la some type of Black Panther scenario? No, that's- that's not- that's not a- that's not a thing. Then what is it? Crash le Macau! Well, to start, for the last time, we we speak Spanish down here. It's not French. You should probably don't do that. J'accuse. And secondly, we just received an urgent message from somewhere in the Canadian Empire. No? It's it's about the Tranifesto podcast, madame. It's it's recording without you. I see. Comrade? My name is, uh, Steve. Comrade Steve? No, it, wait, never mind, what? Bring me the nuclear launch codes. That, no, no, we're not gonna do that. Ah, okay then, um, well, then get me a 12-pack and a plane out of this fucking revolution. It's actually more of a democratic process, and- So, um, in lieu of Madeline being here, and because we are terrible at finding- legitimate content we are going to do a special about american politics we're gonna be because there's lots to be said as, ca- on as canadians we feel it's our duty to intervene in the american democratic race and give you all of the hot scoops about the uh the lgbtqia abcd support from the different so from and to the some of the different uh democrat people running in the democratic race right now so yes and so to begin um we are actually going to start with a very critical throwback to what what happened i think 25 years ago the 2016 presidential election at least 30 years ago or or yeah. last summer. I can't remember. It was one of the two. <laughs> one or the other. I've been drunk the whole time. I've just been on an increasingly depressing, depressing bender, just <laughs> podcasting, I think. Um, so Hillary Clinton, our favorite, um, friend of the pod. My, my president. Recently made some very brave comments um, regarding transgenderism. And we think that as like a queer representation podcast, it is our duty to signal boost these this important activism that she's doing. Specifically, Hillary Clinton in a recent interview um, said that trans women pose a quote legitimate concern to cis women. It was important to be noted that this was said in uh, on BBC. So, which yes. I don't know what it is about the uk that brings this out in people i don't know we definitely have to talk about that as an extension of this like there's just something about like stonehenge when the sun passes through it at the right angle that just makes people hate trans women i don't know what it is must be the it it must be the food like if you if you ate english had to eat english food every day you would hate trans women too so um yes the uk is a hotbed of this, and we can talk about why that might be and who exactly the TERFs are. 
but I feel like as their representative, we should listen to Hillary Clinton's quote, which is, I do think there's a legitimate concern about women's lived experience and the importance of recognizing that, recognizing that, and also the importance of recognizing the self-identification. This is all relatively new. People are still trying to find the language for it. So is this a maybe was like, well, you know, maybe one day trans women should be allowed should be in the same washroom as cis women. But we're just not there yet. America isn't ready to. That's definitely part of it. Um, it's definitely partly the idea that like, you know, it's a generational issue. I feel she said also. Yeah, she did. Um, in a, I think a different interview, she talked about how it's a generational divide. Um, and, you know. It's a big conversation, and we're still having it, and it takes the right mindset to have this be understood, and, you know, we just, I never, I didn't grow up with this, and I never saw it, and so, you know, it, it takes a while to, takes a while to get, get to common ground on this, and I feel like we should just slow down a bit. Um, Which I, has anybody ever done a study on this whole America isn't ready, like people aren't ready sort of line, because like every time there's any progressive policy oh absolutely it's always Literally that like every time. is um, it was america ready for its first black president are we ready for marijuana to be bought in stores are we ready for mayor pete exactly the answer is no <laughs> answer is yes god i hope not so, like well i know america wasn't ready for fucking emancipation mm-hmm. America wasn't ready for the fucking Civil Rights Act. America wasn't ready for women's suffrage. America wasn't ready for gay marriage. America wasn't ready for a black president. Mm-hmm. America wasn't ready for a woman president, Hillary. Um, you know, I feel like it's just like the, the whole Hillary Clinton female president thing is just a very big generational discussion. And I think there's a legitimate concern. <laughs> and. It's all relatively new, and people are still trying to find the language for Just it. So the whole... I, I urge patience for those who are still trying to figure it out. The whole idea of, you know, not being ready for, insert, like, something that's like, we all agree that it's a good idea, but are we, as a group, there yet? Like, no group has ever come together and said, you know yeah. what, yes, we're... We're all ready. We're on the same page. And all of the people who don't like it are like, well, I'm not really ready. But the majority seems to be on. Like, that's like, like, even when even when the majority does pass something like that, the people are still saying we're not ready. Like, we're not ready. Even like that's what every single like civil rights like progress has been. Well, and and so you you said something about how we all agree. Mm -hmm that this is important, right? Like, and that's, that's like the Hillary Clinton line. Um, that's, that's that her brand of progressivism is like, well, yes, I agree with you. We're on the same page about everything. Mm-hmm. I agree that we need universal healthcare coverage and we need trans rights and we need racial equality and we need, you know, more fair treatment of workers and all this. It's just, you know, we, we have different perspectives on how to get there. And that is how this specific type of political class operates. They want to be seen as progressive. I'm but progressive, they aren't. and you're progressive, but somebody might not be. And they're that's they're, we don't we don't know who they are. That they're, they're not in this conversation. But yeah, it's it's like it couldn't be me, Hillary Clinton. Um, and I mean, she has her her record of trampling on LGBT rights is almost as long as her record of waving around LGBT support mm-hmm. and policy as like to as, as a token gesture of her progressivism. I mean, that was like she talked about trans rights in 2016. She talked about the importance of LGBT inclusion in 2016. She voted against gay marriage. She was opposed to gay marriage for decades. She fought against it actively. Um, and obviously, she has never actually like supported trans people. I don't I think know. she knows a trans and, person. And you'd think that after Chelsea Manning took her name from Hillary's daughter, that we w- <laughs> she would like have at least a little bit of respect for our community. But but no, um, no. And 
sort of to get back to the UK, um, she fits into a very specific type of political operative that is perhaps more prominent in the UK, which is these like rich, white, old women mm-hmm. with like neoliberal politics that are like fundamentally reactionaries, you know, like they want to restore, especially now, especially after Brexit and Trump, they're, they're hyper-focused on restor- restoring an old order, but they don't conceive of themselves as reactionaries. They conceive of themselves as progressives. Um, but they're trying to square the circle of this and also square the circle of their class interests. And so turfism is a very good way for them to like feel that they're actually radical, that they're actually feminists, and their concerns are rooted in progressivism. And so even while they are fighting back progress, they get to convince themselves that they're not reactionaries. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like the, the, the only thing more important to them than reactionary politics is convincing themselves that they aren't the baddies, that they aren't Tories. And that's... That, I think, is a specific environment, a specific sort of political type that produces and, plus, and also, But also, like, the vast majority, obviously we're going to get into, the majority of the people in the Democratic race now have that same sort of liberal... Exact same I'm, energy. I'm, I'm good and you're good, but we have to... Like, the rest of the world isn't good and they're the enemy, like... Yeah, like um, Kamala Harris, who recently dropped... R.I.P. Um, F. Four went out. Um... Pour one out for Kamala. Um, she has the exact same kind of performative wokeness as Hillary, um, pretending to be pro LGBT and pro social progressive. Sorry, sorry I, need, I need I need I need to pause to make a joke. Um, yeah, so why I go I got caught by the police drinking on the bus and they asked me to pour pour it out for Kamala. <laughs> okay, there you can continue. Nice. Yeah, but like even as she has this record of like pretending to be a progressive on these issues, she also has the same kind of fucked up actual political record as Hillary of denying trans surgeries to prisoners in California, um, for which she takes full responsibility, I might add. Mm -hmm. Um, And just generally being a fucking shitlib with no actual like genuine interest in social liberation she's cynical there it's a, it's a very cynical way of doing politics mm-hmm. like there's no way that kamala harris actually personally has much sympathy for trans people especially trans women i bet well um, I, part of this is like i feel like a shifting of the overton window where there's something that i've noticed where there's a lot of a lot of the way that liberals view progressive uh stances are since they're never actually like entwined in any sort of like you know theoretical or structural or economic like sense the moment that one of these progressive things moves into the center of the overton window suddenly they can like it's they don't see how their like conservative tendencies and embracing that it like contradict each other like i think a good example is something that i actually love to do a whole episode on is that remind me of is that now that you know weed is legal up here in canada we don't have to pretend that a lot of pro weed people were uh you know are actually progressive because a lot of them are shitty conservative capitalists are we we're gonna do, are we are we naming any names here we're, eventually we're gonna do an episode on the mark emery megan murphy thing that'll be some good yeah, some a really a good fucking mark that's emery. gonna be such a good CanCon episode we can definitely get like a good guest who's like deep on that one but the same thing is with this get alex oh my god that'd be good so the same thing is with the uh with gay rights it's now that gay marriage is legalized which was the end of a battle for a lot of people and like seeing you know now oh gay marriage is legalized i have gay friends i'm pro-gay and not seeing how you know queer people queer people of color like disabled queer people like how that how their needs interact with the prison industrial complex as well as like and as well as healthcare brought more broadly 
Uh, well, or just their past record. Just yeah, in general, like um, ha- let alone their current politics. Yes, yeah, um, exactly. Like so, yeah. If your life, st- if your lifestyle is criminal, suddenly a lot of other things you're, you're going to probably going to be forced to do a lot more criminal things, which affects your criminal record, which affects your entire life. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to adjust the way that you punish crime in relation to that, then you're not really helping anybody by just making them able to get married. Yeah, well, and sort of to, to tie back to your broader point, like, the thing about these this type, like, a lot of these Democratic candidates, a lot of sort of centrist liberals the world over, the way that they, like, these people are fundamentally, most of them, at least like Hillary, Kamala, are probably on some level repulsed by trans people. And by social progress in general, mm-hmm. um, but they will always find their footing in whatever they sense. They have this political sense of the status quo and the center, mm-hmm. and so whenever that moves, they move with it. As, and and that that works a lot better for social policy than economic policy. I feel um, they're a lot more willing to abandon their past principles of hating gays and trannies and black people mm-hmm. um, than they are willing to abandon their past records of austerity. Um, but they definitely are willing to do that because they're cynical. Mm-hmm. And they, ha- they also have this political amnesia where they have always conceived of themselves as sort of the moderate left, like the moderate progressive. Yeah, like the, the so, reasonable uh, liberal. Yeah. And because they've always felt themselves to be in that slot at, in any given time period, they don't feel like their views have changed. Because they, they, they've been like, I've been standing here the whole time, even while the entire room is moving around them. Mm-hmm. And so someone like Hillary Clinton sees no issue in, in, in her mind, she's always supported gay people because that has always been the center relative to where she is now. Um, when, you know, in the 90s, she could stand in that same place and be repulsed by gay people mm-hmm. and feel just as progressive and just as comfortable. Because she was more, she was probably, like, less repulsed by them than her, like, a- per- average person right of her. So, therefore, she's always been yeah. right. And she, yes, they, they're always standing in the same place. They uh-huh. don't move. And they, they also don't drag things in either direction. Um, the only reason any of these people have moved left on, say, Medicare for All, I mean, they're all abandoning that quite quickly, but, or on gay rights, or on racial justice, or on basically any of these major policy issues is because of actual genuine leftists fucking dragging the room, mm-hmm. like dragging the environments. And so that comfortable center where they're standing with a blindfold and earplugs in, um, is suddenly in a much better spot and they get to stand there and feel like they represent it, even though they're just doing it cynically and they have no actual beliefs because they're hollow shells of human beings. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Mayor Pete, our, our endorsement Speaking because we support... of our, hollow shells of human beings. We, we, we support our gays. Yes, so Pete Buttigieg, um, gay icon, Tranifesto 2020 endorsements. Um... Let's let's think of the ways he has good representation. Number one, his name is Pete and his husband's name is Chasten, which I believe is the name of every gay couple <laughs> living in a penthouse on Davy Street. They have like a dog and but it's like a small dog that like their maid carries around in a purse every day because they don't have time for it because they're busy trying to like accrue power and wealth and status. They met on Hinge. Gay culture. Which it has to be, like, is that, like, the fucking rich only bo- rich only grinder? I thought that Hinge was new. Because I hadn't heard of Hinge, and I haven't been on dating apps for, like, over a year. Um, and so I thought that Hinge was, like, something that happened really recently. Well, no, because this was 2015, so... Was Hinge really a thing in 2015? Like... Or is he just saying that? Did he, did he like, focus group it? And he's like, oh, they think it's relatable to meet on dating apps. And you're like... Google's dating apps because they actually met in like a fucking blood sucking <laughs> club for like the Peter Thiel stands of Silicon Valley, or 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 worse, like a like venture capital like investors mixer. They met at uh, a meeting with um, WeWork executives to gentrify South Bend. <laughs> 
Also, the Holocaust Memorial photo where Chasen is horny posting about Pete. <laughs> gay culture. How do we actually feel about Pete as, like, gay representation? I mean, look, I was trying to do a little bit of research before this, and I feel like as a completely intentional purpose, like, he, I as far, as far as I can tell, his relationship to, you know, public homosexuality is that that is the beginning of end and end of it. Like, the only thing that you need to know about his uh, sexuality and his, like, relationship to other queer people is that he's he's a gay, and if you Google it, that's him, and he's gay, and that's great. Yeah, he he doesn't, he isn't, like, actually involved in any kind of cultural scene, Um, because that would be bad politically, Mm -hmm. you know, like, if there were, like, photos of him in puppy gear fight, um, for his fun, his fundamental dream, his, the only driving force in his life, which is to, like, accrue as much power as possible um, through, you know, assisting the CIA in, like, kidnapping children or in Iraq or, say, running for president. Well, um, it wouldn't be helpful if he was too gay. His whole appeal is, like, the idea that, you know, rich, like, middle American landowning Bible wives are able to look at him and say, he's gay, but he seems so normal. Like, and... Yeah, exactly. Which... He is what... He's what your parents want you to be when you come out as gay. He's... Mm-hmm. He's, like, the, the perfect inoffensive conservative white gay man who wears a button down and has never been flamboyant in his life yeah exactly like the the whole like if you're like a homophobic like liberal the kind of one where you're like "Mm, you know what i get i guess if my son was gay and brought home him i guess i would be okay with it like that type of like exactly he is the most conditional gay man that i've ever seen and i and like that I don't feel is like gatekeeping as identity because his identity is so strictly manicured. Like there's been all these stories coming yeah, about about, about he, how he's been like since he was a child. Like those maybe you ever I, I hope everybody's seen those yeah. tweets where we're talking about how since he was like literally a child, he's been like focus testing That's and really his life to seem more appealing. Everything about him is yeah. completely constructed. Which means that his LGBT identity is also like just it's as constructed as like his his the intentional pronunciation of his last name. They they means tested his bigotry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just picturing him just like have take, getting all of these like you know quotation marks candid photos taken of him in different like gay situations and different like pride yeah. parade outfits and being like mm, that's too risque maybe leave the uh pu- yeah. maybe leave the yeah. pu- on the you know until we're uh we need a boost in the polls yeah no and, and that's exactly what he's done like he has created the perfect white gay man identity that is actually to at least to his his constituency to like upper middle class white middle America um, that is actually to them like almost a political plus that he's a gay guy. I don't know if this is like a uniquely Vancouver thing or if every major city has this but the the gay street type of gay person like the the, yeah. the older Davey. you know the, the adult gay who is able to afford the ridiculous condo in the super gentrified gay district. Like, that's who this person is tearing towards. And those people are terrible. They're terrible. Yeah. No, they're nightmares. They're, they're all villains. They they are all, like, either petty bourgeois or just genuinely, like, fucking investment bankers. Who, they, like, yeah, they all work in... Transfer, transfer funds from, like, big Iranian businessmen to, like fucking Blackwater and just kind of pass it around all over the place and just get rich and get to buy like, you know, property and boats and violence. Expensive designer dogs. Like, it's terrible. Like, that's this, that, those are the, that's the core audience of Mayor Pete. So, uh, one more question about Pete. Mm -hmm. 
do you think so we have we've established that he is his representation like his gayness is this incredibly constructed thing Mm -hmm. and like even if it is even if it is completely genuine it's like sterile it's it's, it's sterile and regressive which of course like i don't want to be like oh well he should be more like flamboyant like even if he had like one controversial position like just just even one like if he like if he said oh i'm glad reagan's dead because of how he handled hiv like even something like that like no, he. The thing is, he doesn't have any positions. He's hollow inside. Like he, he's he doesn't have a he doesn't have political ideas. He has aesthetics, um, and that's what he that's what he trades. You know what? In. Ev- he trades in aesthetics and reassurance, like reassurance to the ruling class. Like even even if he had like a deep cut turf opinion, I would respect him more. Like honestly, yeah. yeah. Like, um, actually, you know, technically, the drag queens at Stonewall were male identified, and you're projecting your current the current politics onto them. Please don't like some shit like that. Like even then, I would mm-hmm. it would insinuate that he's at least thought about this more than like what sells better. God, there was a tweet that was like, if Mayor Pete went on the d- debate stage and just began a sentence with "as a faggot," <laughs> he would have my vote. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay. I want to make a. So, assuming that he sticks around long enough, and wait, wait, wait. I, uh, I have one more. Question. Okay, please do, please do. do you, is your your point still there? Like you have it in your yes, head? yes, yes, yes. Deeply, deeply ready. Yeah. Okay. So my question is, if we've established that his identity is like this, mm-hmm. and it's this performance is like this, do you think it is still good to have a high-profile gay presidential candidate? abstractly if if it, if it is in this context or do you think it's harmful i no i think i think it's good i think it's good for the gays mostly because i would say so too yeah like cuz everybody else in the race like not not everybody else obviously marianne wills williamson is the only true lgbt ally but uh having him there like everybody else is fake and bullet full of shit but i feel like him there being there does nudge the Overton window and therefore the next person who comes in yeah the next person who comes in doesn't have to be a a, quite as safe a gay even if the even if the next person is even like worse politically they can be more of a weird gay because the yeah like what we actually want is weird gays mm -hmm. running for precedence um I want okay. So he, okay, he's, he is doing important work by running for president. What I'm excited for is the inevitable like queer conservative Republican candidates. God, yes. Like that's gonna that's gonna be. Well, I mean, like a Mitt. I, I can't imagine a gay Republican who isn't like a Mitt Romney type. But what I really want is you a mean you can't gay you, you can't imagine a gay Republican who isn't a Pete Buttigieg type. Yes, Mitt Romney and Pete are like fundamentally the same person. That's not a lie. <laughs> that is completely true. But what I really want is like a gay Trump, like just a fucking bumbling, deranged populist right wing homosexual who like Milo. I was going to say. So what you're saying is we made a mistake by tearing down Milo too early. What we needed was him for, to run for president. <laughs> And just like, it's called, um, I don't know if you've, you might not have um, read um, Mao, but it's called Heightening the con- the Contradictions. And that's what we need to do um, in the Republican Party. <laughs> so this is me announcing my campaign for um, Senate Majority Leader in Mitch McConnell's district. <laughs> I love that. I, I, I fully support your uh, Maoist Republican queer campaign. Also, I feel like the I feel like it's the uh, Libertarian Party that's really going to give us the best one. Oh, God, yes. So here's my prediction. If the uh, progressive side of the Democratic race picks up more and more steam and they can't ignore it anymore, and it becomes like a very like everybody against Bernie race like it should be. I believe yeah. that Pete will start playing up his his sexual identity and getting more risque with it to As seem more to be more appealing to the uh, 
left-leaning, uh, the, the farther left. Yeah, I mean, his, his strategy has definitely been to kind of bounce around between performatively left and just the Craven Center. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it would definitely help him, because a bunch of Warren supporters are already jumping to Pete. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it would help soften the blow to a, you know, upper-middle-class, college-educated white Warren voter who considers themselves a progressive to vote for Pete if he was more openly gay, if he was, if he talked about it more and made mm-hmm. it a bigger part of his campaign. Don't you want the first gay president? I mean, if we can't have the first woman president because Warren mm-hmm. is tanking, you could at least have the first gay CIA agent president. <laughs> um, exactly. And he's like, if he ever has to start nipping at uh, Bernie's heels instead of Biden's heels, like he's doing now, I could definitely see him having absolutely no qualms in, like, you know, wearing a cheap fucking PVC harness during a Pride Parade. Oh, my God. I mean, the thing is, I don't think that Pete could possibly take even 2% out of Bernie. And I think he knows it. Like, lots of Warren supporters are happy to jump to Pete. There's almost no Bernie stands who are going to switch to Pete. Well, he doesn't know um, that, but that's all. That's what I want is that so everybody like Bernie is so comfortable, and I and all of the like farther left like Warren was the closest thing to Bernie, and she's been capitulating right the entire time, and I want like especially if like Biden has like his inevitable drop in support, I want to see the farther right to start nipping at the heels of Bernie and failing spectacularly. I think that will be hilarious. Yeah, and just sabotaging themselves on both sides. Yeah, because they'll all look so fake f- for doing it. They look pathetic yeah. to the left and the right starts to find them alienating. I hope so. I just think Medicare for all leaves people out. I think we need to go more than all. Oh my god. I mean, just the co-option of progressive language to support means testing. Like, well, you know, I just, I just don't think that most Americans want to pay for free college for billionaires. <laughs> that kind of shit. <laughs> um, anyway, let's talk about Elizabeth Warren. Free transit. Do we want free rich people on our buses? <laughs> yeah, exactly. God, yes, I want rich people on my buses. I would maybe, like, give them some slightly better consciousness. Or, or just, you know, just ext- extremely fair fist fights between downtown east side people you know doing their best and rich people doing fucking poor people tourism just like just going at it in the front of the bus over like who gets who gets the best seat like on elizabeth warren i would like to read a passage um for the floor preach if if you don't mind please this is from a cnn politics article entitled exploring the queer appeal of elizabeth warren so There are arguably other, less immediately discernible reasons for Warren's queer appeal. This is partway through the article, and the first part's boring. It talks about how she went to DragCon and, like, met RuPaul. It's like, who gives a fuck? Well, I have to vote for her now. And, like, Jonathan Jonathan Van Ness um, endorsed her and shit. Who cares? remember, Remember the rich gays that we were talking about? Yes, exactly. The queer eye guys. Yeah. What if, what if, like, like, Pete Buttigieg is, like, if one of the Queer Eye guys ran for president? I mean, I don't mean this, but also, like, I wish. You know what I mean? I mean, I want Tan. Yeah. Except he can't run because he's an immigrant, but. Yeah. He's, 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 he's a secret. He's, he's definitely got some insane lefty opinions <laughs> that he doesn't talk about. <laughs> come from his, like, personal, um, like, social identity and stuff. Anyway, Liz Warren, her queer appeal. For one thing, her out-of-left-field rise to political celebrity, in its own way, has a lot in common with figures in the pantheon of norm-flouting gay icons whom queer people venerate. More specifically, her her underdog status mirrors the experiences of other gay icons before her. I like that she is included in gay icons or other gay icons before her. I mean, she's the the most iconic gay, but... Well, I mean, you know, I mean, after her uh, fucking DNA analysis, she did start to identify as Two-Spirit, so... Oh, I'm getting there. (laughs) Oh. 
Consider how Warren was all but counted out of the race earlier this year after getting knocked over her after getting knocked over her decision to take a DNA test after she was dogged by past claims of Native American ancestry. This is one of her this is what I don't know if you're following, but this is why she has queer appeal. It's because she's an underdog mm-hmm. because she did racism. <laughs> In addition, her initial fundraising haul was lackluster. <laughs> She's she's a gay icon because she's poor. Her campaign has no money. She's okay. She's not poor. Her campaign is poor. Her idiosyncrasies and touchy-feely rhetoric, glaringly alien to mainstream politics, make her an easy subject to, for campy caricature. The sort of self-assured underdog queer people love to elevate. Do we? <laughs> do we? Do we? Do we love to venerate? <laughs> Yeah, so um, I I agree that Liz Warren's the best queer representation because she did racism. Uh, I mean, it definitely is a narrative um, because Warren definitely tries, like her stands, try to position her as like the id poll candidate, um, like the the binary that has been that they have attempted to make is that Warren is for the social left, the socially progressive, like pro-LGBT, pro-racial justice, pro-feminism wing of the left. And the Bernie is for the brochalist Chapo boys who just want to listen to Come Town and do coke. Um, and what I'm saying is actually Bernie is both of those things. Well, yeah. Are... Well, because Warren is the best version of, like, the least harmful version of the inherently harmful gay marriage is its own thing. You know, transgender bathroom rights are its own thing. Healthcare is a different thing from trans people having access to, uh, you know, uh, hormones and yeah, medical care. Yeah. And, like, those are all separate, like, identity, cultural things that need to be dealt with, you know, in their own separate plans. Individually. Siloed off. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely what... I mean, that's that's her brand. Yeah. She has a plan for that. You yeah. know, she, every little thing has a plan because every little issue is siloed off because we don't make a systemic critique the way that, like, a true populist leftist might. Yeah. Rather than coalition building, mm-hmm. we are compartmentalizing issues into, like, discrete chunks. Mm-hmm. What j- and so unless you have a discrete LGBT healthcare plan... Um, your better broad appeal populist healthcare plan is an LGBT positive. Yeah, because that type of thing. Because when you have these types of people, it's kind of hard to argue with the like best of the liberals. Because you know, if Elizabeth Warren got her way and everything was exactly the way that she shot it, thought it would be or thought it should be, things would be pretty good for like your average you know trans person. Like if everything went exactly the way that she envisioned it. But also, but having all of these separate things that aren't tied together in real, you know, uh, what's the, what's the, fu- what's her thing? What's the Bailey thing? Uh, big structural change. Yeah, big structural change. If it's not all tied together in actual, like, cross the board, big structural Bailey, yeah. then, like, the moment you have a conservative come into power, they can leave healthcare but just kick out the trans part if it's not seen as one yeah. solid unit. Yeah, exactly. And also, it's just bad for coalition building. Exactly. Um, like, the thing is, yes, I want, I obviously want all major healthcare reforms to be trans-inclusive and to be extremely, like, well- thought out in terms of how it's going to address issues of like social inequality but if you campaign on individual discrete siloed off issues it's a lot easier for tories or whatever americans call conservatives to nip at the nip at the corners Mm -hmm. and nip at the heels of your policy and bite off the sort of straggling less supported members of your coalition Whereas if you're like Bernie and you're just like, we are going to do massive, comprehensive, universal healthcare reform that includes everybody, and it's all one big package, that's much easier to build a coalition that is able to resist that kind of attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when I see someone like Warren doing that, I am struck between either she's an idiot, either she is naive and she doesn't understand how politics works, or she is a cynical 
opportunist who is using these issues but knows that they are going to be first on the chopping block when she's fighting for them in like a republican dominated congress it's i because i like i want to like her and i want to give her like every benefit of the doubt like genuinely like i think that she's like making mistake after mistake and the whole like you know indigenous dna thing was like really dumb but also i've like met people who are pretty good at what they do who are that dumb you know what i mean so yeah like i think she gen- she genuinely i think she genuinely believes that she's doing the right thing and that she is correct but she's like so awesome she's just dumb yeah she's so and she didn't learn any lessons from the obama yeah. administration she doesn't really understand i mean i don't know the, to what extent she really understands the difference between what she and bernie is doing mm-hmm her, her strategists definitely do, but I don't know. I, I mean, what what does it matter what she thinks who she is? Yeah. She is but a but a mirage. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter what's She's beneath the mask. the mask. It's just all that matters <laughs> is the mask. Thanks, Jack. Anyways, do you want to talk about front runner front runner Joe Biden? Our 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 sweetest boy, like Uncle Joe. I, it's you know what's fucked up about twenty twenty nineteen. Is Uncle Joe used to refer to our our father and leader Joseph Stalin, but now, like we have moved so far beyond progressivism and socialism, we have reached the end of history where Uncle Joe refers to Joe Biden. You know, I think Joe Biden would look pretty. He would look pretty good with a mustache if you think about it. He would look better with a mustache. He would look a lot. And he would also look more like a chaser, which. Speak like obviously yeah. he is a chaser, and so it would suit him. So to tie it back to you know Warren, I think Joe. I have no illusions that he genuinely has absolutely no idea what he's talking about. Like he has absolutely no firm stance on anything yeah. at all. I mean, the perfect example. Like so, Hillary Clinton or Kamala Harris or Elizabeth Warren or Mayor Pete will try to. They will do all kinds of research and they'll do focus groups and they'll have strategists explain to them like how best to talk about LGBT issues in a way that will be inclusive. And they will stumble and fuck up, but they will try their best. Whereas Joe Biden, he has never tried. He does not want to learn. He will hear something and it will kind of pass through his his like sundowning brain and just pass out the other side and he will retain some small speck. Like at that um like at the Iowa State Fair, someone like heckled him and was like, how many gender are, genders are there, Joe Biden? And he said, at least three. Which is the only and good answer. Like, if Bernie gave that answer, like, I would love it. And Yes. And also, like, I, I appreciate the honesty with which he does not actually give a shit. Mm-hmm. Well, because I'm just, I was looking at, uh, looking into it. So he voted for the Defense of Marriage Act, which fucked over gay oh, people. Course. He was in favor of don't ask don't tell uh i was and i found this quote on a vox article at times biden seemed to struggle with his answers the then senator helped champion the 1994 crime bill that critics linked to today's mass incarceration again back to the kamala stuff of you know how like the prison industrial complex like the way it interacts with lgbt people is Mm -hmm. part of it it's part of everything um and asked about how the, it specifically impacts LGBTQ people of color. In response, Biden tried to argue that inmates should be imprisoned based on their gender identity rather than on the sex they were assigned at birth. A stance in line with what advocates called for, but appeared to conflate sexuality with gender. In prison, the determination should be that your sexual identity is defined by what you say it is, not by what the prison says it is, which means nothing. He, like, that is a, a tr- he doesn't, that is a Trump-level, like, just regurgitating two random things that you've heard in the past in a way that has yeah. absolutely no cohesion. Literally, rice is going into his brain and old people rice pudding is coming out the other side. It's nothing. Yeah, but the, the rice pudding is low. Is it, though? Like, he, it's just the... Like, Biden is literally only a Democrat, only a quotation marks progressive, because he has just enough progressive advisors around him to make him think in that direction. Like... He did, like, fuck up and change the Obama administration's stance on gay marriage before Obama agreed to it. Did he? Which I thought... Yeah. 
I don't know whether that was actually like Joe Biden being a trailblazer and deciding that enough is enough about homophobia or if he was just like having a rough brain day and he kind of just slipped up and was like, we are in favor of gay marriage. Well, and I mean, try, like, try to try guess, try, we're going to do that. Try to guess which one it is. It's obviously that his brain is just one big purple bruise. Do you think Joe Biden is trans attractive? <laughs> like, I don't think that the question applies because I'm pretty sure that, you know, Joe Biden, has he smelled any women's hair? Like, trans, has he smelled trans women's hair? Do you think he can tell the difference? You cock you based on your hair smell? I hate it when that happens. So, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if Joe is a chaser, but you know who definitely is a chaser? Andrew Yang. Hello, I'm Andrew Yang, and I'm running for president as a Democrat in 2020. Yeah, I look. I tried to look this up. I can't. I couldn't see anything particularly like interesting on Andrew Yang's like, you know, take on queer people. Like, I found some stuff about. Yeah. I found some like you know an LGBTQ nation article about how the Freedom Dividend is going to be good for you know homeless, trans, people of color, sex workers. Mm-hmm. Which like. So yeah, the free, he's he's gonna say that about everything. The freedom dividend will solve all the problems. Yeah, it's like so would an extra thousand um, dollars per person put into split between housing and you know Medicare for all and yeah. so you know um, the thing about Andrew Yang is candidates like Kamala Harris, their supporter base pretends to be super pro LGBT. But most of them have never, never actually done a day's worth of like pro-trans activism in their lives. Whereas the Andrew Yang constituency spends dozens of hours a week arguing furiously online that traps aren't gay. And I just feel like we should recognize their contribution to, to the movement. You know, Andrew Yang is definitely subscribed to ContraPoints. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. I'm surprised he hasn't like mentioned her. In, in passing in an interview because he definitely does that he'll definitely like name drop weird shit from online because that's his brand well you know what if 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 uh, andrew yang we know you're listening we know you're terminally online you know reach out reach out to the online gays we most of most of us aren't that into the the whole uh freedom dividend thing we'd rather have that you know, put straight into the uh, social prog- programs that we need. But, you know, we're... Andrew, Andrew, your numbers aren't doing great. You're having a rough time. We can help. Come on the pod. Andrew Yang, come on the pod. We need to know what your opinions of fucking the crying game or something are. So, I mean, I mean, Bernie's left. Um, we could talk about Tulsi, and the Tulsi stands are going to be furious if we don't talk about her. But Has she said anything LGBT-related? Like, well, she just... unfortunately, um, Putin told us specifically that we aren't allowed to riff on her. Oh. Um, because he worries, he doesn't really understand the show, and he worries about what it might do for her numbers. Oh, yeah, I just, so. got, I I just, I just got the text from, from uh, Putin. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So I respect that. Well, you know what? At least she's the only person who thinks there should be less trans drone pilots or more trans drone pilots. I can't. I can't really get a complete read on her. Like whole, because I know that she's like the foreign policy person. I can't get a total read on it. No, her her policies are absolutely batshit, and no one knows exactly where she stands. Like it's like less Um, less wars, but more army. But she's a relatable figure for me, and that she's like got like clearly has anxiety issues and has totally incoherent politics that no one can quite pin down but and she's, everyone finds her like beautiful and charismatic but also kind of off-putting and she's also uh, relatable to me as she is also a hindu nationalist <laughs> oh god this is not a modi stan <laughs> podcast he's our boy our, our boy overseas so the thing about bernie is that there's like bernie has never clocked a trans girl in his life and if you told him that you were trans, he would kind of look at you and the information would just <laughs> pass through him and he would immediately say the same thing he was going to say. Um, 
just like I was approached the, the exact same by pitch. a very handsome woman with a very strong jawline who told me that she needs Medicare for all. <laughs> <laughs> like, and and that's what I like is Bernie isn't trying to performatively cater his policies to communities that he's going to throw under the bus. He's like, I have policies that will help everyone. And I will explicitly make them as inclusive as possible by making them as universal as possible. Yeah, what you want is a guy who has a policy that will, like, completely solve all your problems while having no idea what your problems are. So, here's what I would say about Bernie um, and his relation to the queer community. If you put all of the candidates in, like, a gay bar, like a really fucking slutty gay bar... Bernie is the only one who would look visibly uncomfortable because all the other ones would be pretending to love it. But Bernie would be the only one who isn't uncomfortable because he always looks uncomfortable. He would be the only one who uh, tipped his bartender. Yeah, he would would just buy a drink. He would enjoy the entertainment and leave. He wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) He would go into like the fanciest gay bars. What is your cheapest beer? (laughs) And still give, like, a, like, 30% tip. Bernie has never asked for anyone's pronouns in his life. He just instinctively knows them. Or he just doesn't refer to anybody. (laughs) Whereas, like, Kamala Harris would ask for your pronouns seven times over the course of the conversation. And then just, like, they, them, you, if you're, like, a trans girl. Bernie. We endorse Bernie. We think he's the best trans representation. What was the point of this? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) You're welcome, everybody. You're welcome. Uh, Hopefully Madeline will be back next time so it'll actually be funny. This is the thing, is (laughs) you and me are not actually qualified to host a podcast. (laughs) Not at all. Whatever, next time next time we can do... Madeline is the glue that holds this together. When she's gone, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know how to not do we have time to do a um, UK election special? Maybe. Either way, Corbin uh, doesn't care if there are blokes in the loo in it. Nice. I don't know. Go vote Labour if you're English. It'll be good. Vote Labour. Vote Bernie. Vote Labour. Canada's already over. We fucked that one up. Vote Maoist. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Have a good one. Have a good one. Hey, bye. Day.